9 and verse number 18. Uh, it is my desire to get through all of this. Uh, Deacon Ivor, we can hit the runner. Uh, it is my desire to get through all of this and we'll receive the Lord's gifts uh, at the end. Proverbs 29 verse 18, the Passion Translation, TPT. It says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Again, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. In the message translation, uh, it says it this way, Proverbs 29, 18, in the message says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're standing in your word, trusting in your power. Give us this day bread from heaven. Feed us till we want no more. Lord, disturb us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you uh, this morning uh, from this. We just finished uh, for a few weeks a three-part series on It's About That Time. And as we move... And as we move forward in faith by the Spirit, there are several things that I want to unpack. And this is a, a real prophetic word from the Lord today uh, that I believe will give insight and clarity and direction for where we are in the days to come. These are not casual times. Uh, there was a line in a movie years ago that said, maybe God is trying to tell you something. 96 years ago, a woman was born by the name of Elizabeth Regina, uh, born to the brother of the heir apparent to the throne named Edward. Uh, she was born in relative obscurity because it was appeared and seen as if her father was insignificant. Stay with me. Uh, he was the brother, George, was the brother of the next king of England, Edward. But no one paid attention to him since he was not the heir. But all of that changed when his brother abdicated the throne and overnight the overlooked brother became king and his overlooked daughter reigned for over 70 years whose reign ended this week. How is it? How is it that the one born from an obscure place, can I talk to you this morning? How is it that the one who was born in an obscure place, Lord have mercy, overlooked in the kingdom, uh, this overlooked one, this obscure one, this one that was not paid attention to, ends up becoming the one who uh, keeps the kingdom together longer than both her father and her grandfather before her. What does this say to us about God who uses the overlooked, who uses the least of these, and the ones who are left out? 
I want to use for a subject this morning. I want you to just say it with me. Type it in. Don't count me out. I want you to just say that again and just declare that. Don't count me out. No matter what you're facing, no matter what things seem like, no matter how impossible they might appear, I want you to know God is saying today to us as the people of God, don't count me out. I don't know who this word is for, but I believe it will bring strength to you because many times we feel counted out because we don't feel like we measure up or we look the part or we seem the part or we even dress the part. But God is looking for a company of people who are not tied to the culture, but have his heart, his desire and his ways. Don't count me out. In 1997, it was Steve Jobs, my favorite uh, in innovators and uh, persons of renown, who said these words. He said, here's to the crazy ones, <laughs> the misfits, the rebels, feel like preaching this morning, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify them, or vilify them. But the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the ones, hear this, who are crazy enough to think that, then, that they can change the world are the ones who do. The ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, saints and friends, I want to submit to us this morning, these are not casual times. These are moments that are pregnant with possibility. These are moments that are pregnant with potential. These are moments that are pregnant with purpose. I'll say it again. These are moments that are pregnant with possibility. These are moments that are pregnant with potential. And these are moments that are pregnant with purpose. Come, let's go a step deeper. As we have begun to unpack, and as we have begun to understand vision, I want to share this morning six keys on how to thrive in uncertainty. I believe that it is not God's will for us simply to survive, but for us to thrive in the midst of everything shaking around us. I want to submit to you today, no matter what it is that happens around you, it is the will of God for you to thrive. So vision, vision. Vision, vision, chazon in the Hebrew. Vision is reimagining, here we go, reimagining the art of the possible. Bless you, Evangelist Shirley Bates. God bless you. I hope you saw my post today. Uh, we have a, a survivor of the 9-11 attacks with us in worship. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Vision is the is reimagining the art of the possible. Vision, 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 hear me, saints, is reimagining. The art of the possible. God wants to change how we see where we are. 
And when what we see changes, what we sees begins to change. I'm going to say that again. Help me, Holy Ghost. When what we see changes, what we sees begins to change. I will submit to you this morning uh, that there are some areas in our lives that must be seized, but they can only be seized by us changing what we see. And as we have said, the prophetic is predictive to the future and it is also analytical to the present. I want to wrestle this morning. I want to wrestle with this text, Proverbs 29, 18, as we begin to deal with some of the key insights and key things that happen when it comes to this. The main operative question we must ask when it comes to the prophetic move of God is how does what we see fit into God's overall plan? How does what we see fit into God's overall plan? Evangelist Bates, I'd love to do a, a, a spark session with you where we uh, interview you online. If we can do that, we'll set that up. How does what we see fit into God's overall plan? Let's go a step deeper. The key, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me this morning, and I, I must minister prophetically today uh, that Bishop Galford and I were talking yesterday about threefold office of a, of a bishop. Uh, one is that of a prophet, one is that of a priest, and one is that of an administrator. I stand this morning in the role of a prophet. I believe that God has given me something prophetic uh, to release uh, into your spirit, and I want you to receive it this morning. The key, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, uh, the key to navigating the times we're in is sensitivity. Sensitivity, Rosie, the key to navigating the times we are in that we're living in is sensitivity. Sensitivity. Everybody say sensitivity. We've got to be sensitive to the spirit of God. We have witnessed this week the end of a 70 year reign, a 70 year uh, cycle of leadership. 70 in the scriptures always represents the end of a cycle. I want to teach this so that we understand. 70 always represents, bless you, 70 always represents the end of a cycle. The end of a cycle. And next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on the laws of vision. But today, 70 represents the end of a cycle. It speaks of fullness. It speaks of spiritual order. And it also speaks of a period of judgment. It speaks of fullness. I want to bring this moment into perspective for us corporately as a house. I'm speaking to those of you who are connected to us uh, as a ministry and to the broader body of Christ. It speaks of fullness. It speaks of spiritual order and a period of judgment. So again, the question, uh, how does this fit in with God's overall plan? Both of my grandfather, both of my grandparents died in the years of leadership shifts. In 2013, when uh, Bishop Kelly went home to be with the Lord, the papacy was changing from a retirement to a new leader. And now here we are, grandmother transitions, 2022, a 70-year uh, reigning monarch transitions and a new era begins and the question that i've been wrestling with this week and i deliberately told lady adara i said i'm not on social media much i don't want to be on like that i said i'll just watch a little bit of the news uh, take 10 to the children and i'm going to be spending time in prayer because i wanted to make sure that when i stood today i stood from the throne room of god with a word to speak 
to his people. What is the Spirit of God saying to us in the midst of this? How do we navigate uncharted waters? If I'm making sense so far, just talk to me. The same weekend, today being 9-11, that we commemorate terror, we are also now being introduced to transition, change, and a new cycle of leadership. Which means, hear me, which means we've got to move from revival to reformation. Now, I know some of what I'm sharing might be a bit different for you, but I want you to hear me. Revival are periods of seeking God accompanied with acts of power. Revival are periods of seeking God accompanied with acts of power. Reformation are pivotal moments of change that moves the church back into alignment. What are you saying? What I'm saying is we are witnessing changes that are going to have ripple effects for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50 years. What does this mean? We are on a new threshold of change. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, surely I'm going to do something in the natural that will underscore in the heavens and there shall be a performance, says the Spirit of the Lord. And here are the six keys to navigate this new thing that we have stepped into. In Joshua chapter 3 verse 4, we're doing good. In Joshua chapter 3 verse 4, uh, it says something and I want to look at this verse. In Joshua chapter 3 verse number 4. Uh, and I, I want you to just hear it. Joshua chapter 3 verse 4. The Bible says, then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before. You have not passed this way before. And because we have not passed, love it, because we have not passed this way before, we've got to see things differently. I want you to just say this with me. Type it in. Speak it out loud. This changes everything. All right. Come here. Let's go a step further. Let's go a step deeper. So key number one, we look at vision. V-I-S-I-O-N. V-I-S-I-O-N. When I was praying, Chelsea, when I was praying, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me uh, concerning these six areas. The first key we've got to navigate is vulnerability. 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 And I want to talk to someone this morning. I want to talk to someone this morning. Uh, you've been in a place uh, that has required a lot of vulnerability. In order to navigate effectively these shifts, transitions, and changes in front of us, I want you to hear me. We have to be vulnerable. We've got to be open to change and receptive to what the Spirit is doing, even if we're not sure how to handle or make sense of it. I want to give you a word of wisdom that the Spirit of God has been dealing with me about. I want to say this. When you see things happening swiftly in your life, when you see stuff going on that you are trying to make sense of, resist the urge to post prematurely. Resist the 
resist the urge to post prematurely. Some things take time. <laughs> I know I'm in the house this morning. Some things take time. Some things take time. Okay. James chapter 1. Thank you, D. James chapter 1, verse 19. You're flowing. We're doing good. James chapter 1, verse uh, chapter 1, verse 19. Uh, and this this is a prophetic word, so I'm flowing out of it, and it just it came to me, and so uh, I'm just flowing now from this. If this is making sense, just just type in. Let me know. This is making sense, Bishop. You're right up my alley. I'm, I'm with you. I follow you. Okay, James chapter one, verse nineteen. Are you with me, dear brothers and sisters? Take note of this. Notice the order. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now, what we what we have done is we've we've created this verse in reverse. So we're often slow to listen, fast to speak, and fast to become angry. But what does vulnerability do? Vulnerability forces us to wait on God for clarity, correction, and courage to move forward despite not knowing where we are going. Let's move. Key number two. Uh, and however we can just put the keys up and then uh, we'll just flow from there. It's, we're good. Key number two. Uh, Insight. Spirit of the Lord said this. Insight. Hallelujah. Insight. Glory to God. Insight. Insight comes through intimacy. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me about, uh, and as we spend time with the Holy Spirit and we're committed to a life of prayer and the word, clarity comes for exactly what we need to do next. So we've got to have some insight. Uh, Dr. Goffin was sharing with me once. He said, today we are rich in information, but we're starving for insight. Rich in information, but we're starving for insight. Uh, and I, I sense and I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to us uh, as a house, as a people, that this is a time for us to wait on him. Uh, I don't know who this word is for, but for someone don't be hasty right now in making too many decisions. And don't worry about having all of the answers because insight is coming. Insight is coming. I want you to declare that. Just, just type that in and speak that over your life. Insight is coming. Matter of fact, in Hebrews, in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, the Bible tells us, uh, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing through the Spirit of God, says that he prays that the eyes of our heart might be enlightened. That we might be able to see that which we have not seen before. And I prophesy to you today, there is an insight that God wants to do in you. He's going to show you who people really are. He's going to show you what's happening around you. He's going to show you.
you what's going on in your family. He's going to show you what's happening around your job. He's going to show you what's happening around your career. He's going to show you. For some of you, you're trying to discern uh, what degree option you should take next and what school option you should take next. And the Spirit of God is going to give insight concerning that which you do. This step, going here and not going here. Sometimes uh, the challenge is not waiting for a door to open. It's trying to discern which door is the right one to open. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that he wants you to wait as insight comes. The third key, moving quickly. The third key, the third key, the third key. Uh, we're taking the A train today and not the C. You have to be in, in our city to know what I'm talking about. We're taking the accelerated train and not the local. Key number three. <laughs> key number three. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. And this is a real S word that we don't like. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Thank you, son. Sacrifice. Moving forward by faith will cost you something. Just as seasons are changing from summer to fall, leaves are falling off the trees, so will things gradually be released and relinquished for what's ahead. To all of those who are listening under the sound of my voice in our ministry uh, in India and New Zealand, I want you to understand that there must be sacrifice now for the more that is coming. Uh, the Spirit of God dealt with me concerning this verse, Pastor Josh. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Deacon Abba, I want to put this on the screen. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. Bless you, birthday girl. Genesis chapter 41, verse 14. And when I hit this, I might not be able to touch the rest of them. If I can't, it's fine. Put this on the screen. Because last night when I was praying, the Lord dealt with me about this. And I had something else prepared. I don't, I don't wing it. I don't play around when it comes to this. My wife asked me yesterday. She said, hey, uh, you, everything ready for tomorrow? I said, oh, I said yeah. I said, I, I, I thought so. And then I said, I don't know. I said, I sense revelatory. I sense something else is getting ready to come. And Lord knows, as it was getting close to midnight, things began to drop. Notice here in Genesis 41, 14. Let's look at this. It says, so Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the junk, from the dungeon. And when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. You didn't get it. Let me read it again. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. And when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. I'm going to say it one more time. Pharaoh sent for Joseph, told the dreamer to come. And as he was quickly brought in from the dungeon, he had to shave and change his clothes. My God. And he came before Pharaoh. Uh, God was going to give Joseph the gift, watch me, to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Hear me. Come here. Come here. Let's, let's, let's look at this. But before he received the insight, he was shaven and had to change clothes. Why? Because contextually, the Hebrews were primarily unshaven. They would wear beards, which is why we see even in the Psalms, as the anointing flows down from the beard, it represented maturity. They were a shaven people. But in Egypt, they were unshaven. They were refined. They were polished. And therefore, his garments in the prison did not fit in the palace. Hallelujah. His garments in the prison 
Oh, glory to God. I ain't going to get through the rest of the day. I already feel something getting ready to come up in here. His garments in the prison did not fit in the palace. And I believe that this is a picture of what God is saying in this moment. He had to shave for the next season. Lord, have mercy. God, I submit to you today. God is using this season you are in to shave off some things off of you for what is about to come. God is using the season you are in to shave some stuff off of you. I want you to type in right now and say it's time to shave. Your clothes won't fit because the wardrobe is changing. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. Hallelujah. Uh, the garments are being retrofitted for where you are headed. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying that it's time for you to shave. I'm using this as a metaphor. The anointing flows from the head down. But before you appear, some things must disappear. Before you appear, some things must disappear. He had to shave for the season that was coming. And I want to submit to you today, uh, before God puts you on display, he's got to discipline you by giving you what I like to call a divine downsize. <laughs> but I believe that God's going to give you more. For what appears to be less. Key number four. Key number four is intimacy. As we are intimate with God. Through his word. And with a heart of worship. Our identity is being shaped and formed. Then we are no longer trying to impress or appease others. Because we know who we are. One of the things uh, Dr. Kelly, my grandfather, would say for years, Bishop would say to us for years, uh, is remember who you are and whose you are. Remember, some of my old Gethsemane heads on here, remember who you are and whose you are. He said, remember who you are in Christ and whose you are. You belong to him. Somebody just type in and say, I belong to God. <laughs> That's why what you were going through couldn't take you out because you belong to God. That's why circumstances couldn't take you out because you belong to God. That's why even when trouble came, it could not stop you because you belong to God. Somebody just shout, I belong to God. Horrors, that's why you're still here because you belong to God. Chua, that's why you're still here because you belong to God. And because I belong to God, I'm understand that God has a plan from the foundations of the world. He's not on the throne trying to figure it out. He's already worked it out. God is still on the throne. Deep in your bosom, you have a phone. Whenever you walk, you're not walking alone because God is still on the throne. Hey, and I came to tell somebody this morning, despite what it seems, He's at work on your behalf. Despite what it looks like, he's at work on your behalf. Despite what it feels like, he's at work on your behalf. He is at work on your behalf. 
Key number five. I'm going to try to close this out. I know Deacon Ivan ain't going to let me. He's going to make sure I finish it. <laughs> Key number five. I feel like flying. Key number five. Key number five. Obedience. 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 Key number five. Obedience. And notice the principle. Notice the principle. I'm just going to move. I'm only going to say this principle and I'm going to move to number six. Extraordinary moves of God come from ordinary acts of obedience. Extraordinary moves of God come from ordinary acts of obedience. Extraordinary moves of God come from ordinary acts of obedience. Totally obeying the Lord. Totally obeying the Lord. So good. Totally obeying the Lord is the operative key for thriving in uncertain times. Obeying God through our time, spending time with him, through our talent, our gifts, and through our treasure, being wise stewards of our finances, eyes, offering, sowing, investing, that which we are to do. Obedience, watch this principle, obedience is a sign of spiritual intelligence. Watch me. Watch me. Obedience is a sign. I'm almost finished. Of spiritual intelligence. You're going to have to go back and catch the replay on this. Obedience is a sign of spiritual intelligence. Rebellion is a sign of spiritual ignorance. Obedience is a sign of spiritual intelligence. Rebellion is a sign of spiritual ignorance. The mature then. <laughs> the mature then. I'm, I'm reading your email in the Holy Ghost. The mature then obey out of delight and not simply out of duty. Psalm 37 and 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. God wants to move us from duty to delight. When we're not doing something just for the sake of doing it, but we're doing it because we have a desire to please God. Well, I'm not just trying to live right because I don't want somebody to see me, but I'm doing it because I have a desire to please God. And when we have a heart's desire to please God, everything around us begins to change because it moves us from duty to delight. Key number six, and this is major, neglect, neglect, amen, neglect, neglect, so good, neglect, are you catching this, I'm closing, neglect, I got a few more minutes and I'm wrapping up, neglect, neglect, now, we often think of the word neglect in a negative sense, but another definition of neglect is to pay little attention to, pay little attention to, and so I want to submit three things you need to neglect this week, you ready? You need to neglect drama, you need to neglect gossip, and you need to neglect distractions. D-G-D. You got to neglect drama, you got to neglect gossip, and you got to neglect distractions. Drama, gossip, and distractions. D-G-D. I've got to neglect drama. I ain't got time for all that. Gossip and distractions. Are you with me? Uh, Bishop taught me years ago, uh, recently, a couple of years, he said, some things die because of a lack of attention. I want to close with a scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. 
And here's what the word of the Lord says. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Beloved, I, brethren, I count myself to not have apprehended, but this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I've got to neglect, and reaching forward for those things which are ahead, I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. It's time for vision to emerge from vulnerability, insight, sacrifice, intimacy, obedience, and neglect. This word is a meaty word. This word has a lot of meat. It's going to require you to get your knife, get your fork, and unpack it and break it up this week. I want you to catch it again through podcasts if you're listening. If you're listening to me on on rebroadcasts. Vulnerability, insight, sacrifice, intimacy, obedience, and neglect. And God is simply saying to us as a, as a body, don't count me out. Don't count us out. Those who have been overlooked, those who have not been paid attention to, God's going to move you from obscurity into opportunity. I want you to type this in, last instruction. This is my time. This is my time. Father, I've said what you told me to say. I've done what you told me to do. Thank you for confirming this word with signs and obedience, signs and wonders following. Your word declares, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. And I thank you right now for supernatural recovery over your people, touching your people, now in the name of the Lord Jesus and I speak it forth now in Jesus name amen if you're not saved out of the ark of safety we offer Christ to you you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart the Lord Jesus you can leave in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus then you are saved salvation is the beginning of the process not the end and so discipleship is a process and if you are not saved and you are not disciple, we want to walk with you. Our website, our ministry, globalfirenow.com, has resources designed with you in mind to minister the word of the Lord with you. And I pray that the Lord has spoken to you this day in obedience to him. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark. I want to call this offertory moment as we prepare to sow this morning. Our press seed. Our press seed. It's time for us to press into the promises of God. On your screens, I believe on Instagram it's coming. On your screens, it will share with you the various ways that we give in this ministry. This word was rich. How many of you were blessed by this word? How many of you were ministered by this word? Let me see. This word was rich. And so I want us to be obedient to the spirit of God. This is an unusual message. I know I laid a lot on you today. And we don't have TNT this Tuesday. We start in two weeks. Uh, so you'll have time to reflect on what we've ministered today. I know I laid a lot on you today. But I know the Spirit of God spoke to me for this word. And if this word has ministered to you, I want you to also be obedient in sowing into the anointing that is present. There are various ways that we give. Uh, first of all, you can give via Cash App, dollar sign, global, fire, now. Dollar sign, global, fire, now. Also on our website, globalfirenow.com.
gmail.com. Uh, also, you can text the word global, G-L-O-B-A-L, to 51400. You can text the word global to G-L-O-B-A-L to 51400. going to ask that you would obey the Lord right now in sowing the seed of tithe. 10% of that which we receive in offering, what we give over and above our time. Let us sow into the kingdom of God. This is my time. I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. Father, I thank you for every gift. I thank you for your people provoking them in faith and obedience. If this word is ministered to you, obey the Lord. We're coming into maturity. We're not going to be begging for stuff. We stand in faith. Remember, discernment is the mark of the mature. Stewardship is the art of living wisely. And giving is love responding to love. Let's love on God today and our tithes and offerings. Let's love on God and our seed today. Again, cash up, dollar sign, global fire now. I thank you for doing it. I see you. I thank you for doing it. I thank you for obeying. I thank you for being obedient. I thank you for those of you who feel tied to this ministry. We may have never met physically, but spiritually there's a connection. I thank you for supporting, for giving, for allowing us to be your home, your base, that which you've received. Father, I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for how you have ministered. I thank you for how you have moved by your spirit and by your power. And I pray that you would bless your people, that you would open the eyes of our understanding and give us an ear to hear what your spirit is saying. And we give you all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name we do pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May his countenance be with you. And may he give you his peace. Global is who we are. Fire is what we bring. Ministry is what we do. Expect greater. And remember, don't count me out. God bless you.